0: effective living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Today I want to talk to you about the gift of God. The gift of God. The gift of God. Christmas reminds us about one important, important truth that God gave his best gift to mankind. That is all the celebration of Christmas is about. It is the birth of the greatest person that ever lived on the earth. The greatest man that was ever born. The most outstanding birthday uh, on the planet is Christmas Day. No other person's birthday shakes the world like Christmas. When it's Christmas, the whole world comes to attention. Everything is different. You know, people who don't even want to go out will go out. This week when you go out to town, the traffic situation will be different. Why? Because of Christmas. Shopping is different. Children enjoy better at Christmas Christmas. Everything is different at Christmas. Even good companies treat um, employees different at Christmas. And all over the world, it is like the world comes to a standstill when it's Christmas. Every activity, way somehow gets affected. Why? Because it is the birth of the greatest man that was ever born. And his name is Jesus. And even if you don't believe that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the Savior of the world, even if you are non-believer, Look at Christmas and let it tell you how great this man is. There was no other leader that could ever match him. His name is Jesus. He still has the greatest following of all the leaders in the world. That should tell you Jesus is truly the Son of God. And is truly the Savior of the world. Amen? But when we look into the Bible, we see Jesus being given to humanity as a gift. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 He reads and says, for unto us a child is born. So at Christmas, Jesus is born in a little village behind a hill close to um, Jerusalem. A village is called Bethlehem. Today, if you go to Bethlehem, it's a big city. But those days, it was a village. It was a little town. Nobody expects great things to happen from there. In fact, the wise men traveled many, 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 many thousands of miles to go to Israel to look for the the Savior, and they went to Jerusalem because everybody expects great things to happen in big cities, but God doesn't work like that. Amen. In that little village, a child was born. What is it that made this child so special? The next statement said, Unto us a son is given. So this child that was born grew up to become a son, and he became a gift to us. Unto us a son is given. And who is this son? He said the government shall be upon his shoulder. The authority to rule the whole world rests upon the shoulders of this son that was given to us as a gift. The ruler of the planet. No wonder up to today, his birthday is still affecting the whole world. The government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So this son that was given to us as a gift, this is what the Bible described him prophetically, that his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor. Wonderful means he is a person of wonder. He's a person whose whole life is beyond understanding, is beyond explanation. His life is a wonder. Everything about him is so awesome that the mind cannot comprehend it. His name is wonderful. Counselor. A counselor is someone who gives you instructions and gives you advice about making right decisions, avoiding mistakes, doing things right so that you can be successful in life. That's a counselor. His name shall be called Counselor. Mighty God. That means this son that is being given to us is God himself. Everlasting Father. Father. He is a father that is not there today and disappears tomorrow. He is a father that you have that is permanent. Then his name is also called the Prince of Peace. Peace. The Prince of Peace means the source of all peace. One day he said to the disciples, he said, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. I'm giving you my peace. And what is peace? Peace is calmness in the midst of the storms, in the midst of the battles, in the midst of the troubles. Peace is not the absence of trouble. It's not the absence of war. Peace is ability to become and to be assured that you are preserved when bullets are flying left, right, front, center. When the storms of life are blowing you here and there. When all the challenges of life are hitting at you, you the ability to remain calm and not be troubled and not be disturbed and not be destroyed. That is peace only jesus can give people true peace the prince of peace and so when we study the story of christmas we come across this significant truth that god looked upon humanity and decided to express his love to mankind by giving mankind the best that he can ever wish for he can ever desire james 1:17. he said all all good and perfect gifts comes from above. All good and every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So God is a giver of every good and perfect gift. I want to say this morning. That the one person whose life represented to the Christian every good and every perfect gift is Jesus Christ. He is the son that was given to mankind. And why was he given to us? To be the solution to the problems of life. To be an end to any need. God gave Jesus to us so that we will never need anything again. And if you understand What it means to receive Jesus, you will never need another thing in your life again. If you see a believer who is still living like he lacks a lot, he has nothing, always looking around for what he can get from somewhere, it is because we don't understand what we have received. In John chapter 1 verse verse 12, he said, But as many as received him, why do we receive him? Because he is God's gift. He is God's gift. If you are here today listening to me and you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is the best time to do it. Because when you do that, your life changes. And I'm going, to, I'm going to show it to you. He said, but as many as received him, what happens? To them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. As many as received this gift of God, God gave them the right to become his children. To those who believe in his name. Verse 13 says, who are born, they are born. A new life is born in them, not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not the will of man. They are born of God. Have you received Jesus? If you have received him, Bible said a new life is born into you. And that life is the life of God. And that is why you become a child of God. What does it mean to be a child of God? because he has given birth to his new life in you. And to be a child of God is one of the most significant truths in scripture. It is one of the most important truths. It's one of the most powerful things that can happen to any human being, to be a child of God. The reason why we call ourselves children of God and still live hopeless and still live like orphans and still live like miserable and despondent is because we don't understand what it means to be can't be called a child of God. But this morning, I want to try to help you understand. Jesus was born so he can become the gift of God to you. And when you receive that gift into your life, you become a child of God. And let me say that in, in the world we live in, whose child you are matters a lot. Yes. There are things that will happen to you, not because of you, but because of whose child you are. People will hate you because... They don't like your father. People will treat you special because of whose child you are, who gave birth to you. If you are the the son or the daughter of the king of the Ashanti kingdom, the Otumfo, you will be treated different at least in that place when you find yourself there. If you are the son or the daughter of the queen of England, you see, the day you are born, even your birth will be news around the world, on CNN, on BBC, on just the fact that you are born. You have already caught the attention of global media. Not because you are any nice or special, or you can be ugly, you can be fat or small, tall or dwarf. The day you, you happen to be born in the lineage of the Queen of England, you become a prince if you are a boy, or a princess if you are... Again. And that day you were born, you were already rich. Not because you worked for it, but because you were born into a rich family. You become powerful, not because you are strong, but because of the house you are born into. Nobody can treat you anyhow, anywhere in the world because they respect the monarchy of, the, of England. They respect the queen. So if you tell me whose child you are is not important, it is because you are, you are not understanding a lot of things. Whose child you are is very important. There are a lot of things that have nothing to do with who you are. It has to do with whose child are you? And all the the children in the Buckingham Palace, they are confident people. They believe in themselves. They are taught who they are. They don't allow themselves to be treated anyhow. They don't live like beggars. They don't live like, like strugglers. They may not have enough money in their pocket, but they still believe they are rich. And the truth is they are. They are rich. And they are treated well, with respect, with dignity, because they see themselves like that. And guess what? As many as received him, God gave them a right, not to become the children of the Otumfo or the children of the British Queen, but to become the children of the Almighty God, the King of kings, the Lord of laws, the ruler of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth. You are the child of the Almighty God. That means you should be more confident than the Prince of England unless you don't understand who you are. In fact, 1 John 3 verse 1, he said, old, What manner of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God? Therefore, the world did not know us because it did not know him. It did not know Christ. The world doesn't know what we know and what we have. And today at Christmas, I wanted to know that the best gift you can ever receive from God has already been given to you. If you have received Jesus, you receive the best gift that God will ever want to give anybody. And in fact, he doesn't intend to give you anything more. Because in Jesus, is the embodiment of every good and every perfect gift. Jesus represents the package of everything you never need. The day you gave your life to Jesus, that day you became rich. The day you gave your life to Jesus, the promises of God are fulfilled in your life. The day you gave your life to Jesus, you received everything. So when we keep praying, God bless me, it's because we don't know we've already been blessed. If you keep praying, God, make me rich, it's because we don't know. He already made you rich. If you keep praying, God, give me this and give me that, it's because you don't know that you already have it. But when you study the Bible, the first thing you realize is that the day you gave your life to Jesus, you became blessed. Somebody say, I am blessed. Ephesians 1 verse 3, he said, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has done what? Blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the Heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Blessed be the God of He has blessed us. He has blessed you. He has blessed me. He is not now thinking about blessing you. He has blessed you. The day Jesus died on the cross. The blessings of God became available for anybody who cared to believe. That is why the Bible said that God so loved the world. John 3 16. We read it every day, but we don't understand it. We quote it, we preach from it, but we don't understand it because if you understand John 3:16, you will never live a miserable life for the rest of your life. He said, for God so loved the world and he was referring to you. The first powerful truth there is that God loves you. That is all that matters on this earth. If he loves you, you can make it. People may hate you, people may dislike you, people may do anything they like, they want about you, but it will not affect you because he loves you and his love for you matter more than anybody's love. Somebody say he loves me. He said, God so loved the world that he did what? He gave, he gave. And what did he give? Houses and cars and money and all. No, he gave his only begotten son. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. He gave it because he loved you. He loves you. That he gave his only begotten son. Why? For what reason? So that whoever believes in him, will not perish. The word perish means suffer eternally. God put an end to suffering the day he gave Jesus to die on the cross for you. The day you receive Jesus into your life, God stopped suffering in your life. He's not out thinking of how to take you out of suffering. He did. If you are still there, you are there willingly. Oh yes, you are still there willingly. He did take you out. Why? He showed you the way out. It is up to you to decide. I'm going out. or oh, I, I like where I am. And I want to be in it. Whosoever believes in him will not perish, but will have what? Everlasting life. A different kind of life. The life of God himself. If you receive Jesus, you received everlasting life. A life that is different from how you used to be. You cannot receive Jesus and your life still remains the same. Still a straggler. Still frustrated. Still a hustler. Still suffering. Still confused. Don't know what to do with your life. Still hopeless. No! Somebody said no! When you receive Jesus in your life, the Bible said you must not suffer again. You must have another kind of life. It is called everlasting life. A life that is free of suffering and struggle, but it is your understanding. Your understanding is what takes you out from living the life of struggle into living the life of fulfillment. If you receive Jesus into your life, God gave to you the totality. Everything you will ever need, God gave it to you the day you received Jesus into your life. That is what Romans 8.32 said. He that did not spare his own son, but did what? Delivered him out for us all. How shall he not with him? So it is with him. Somebody say with him. With him. That means with him. With him means with him. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? That scripture means the day you receive Jesus, he freely gave you all other things with him. With him. He didn't give you Jesus and said, okay, still be poor and suffering and then later I'll be dropping little, little drops to you one day at a time. No, 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 no. I want to say today that the day you gave your life to Jesus, you became a rich person. You became a blessed person. You became a victorious person. You became a person of power and authority. And God never intended for you to be a victim to circumstances ever again. He Pastor, why do you say that? Because the Bible said that Ephesians 1, 3, that if you receive Jesus, you are blessed. He has blessed us. Let's stay with this scripture a little. What did God do? He blessed us. With what? With what? Cars and houses and buildings and money. No, what did he bless us with? Every spiritual blessing. You know the difference between a spiritual blessing and a physical blessing? Physical blessings, they perish with time. Spiritual blessings are constant. They flow all the time. He blessed us with spiritual blessing. You can take my car from me, but I'll get another. Because the the, the blessing is spiritual. It's not physical. The car is just an evidence that I am blessed. But the real blessing is not the car. Hallelujah. Every spiritual blessing. You are blessed with spiritual blessings. I said you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Not some spiritual blessings. Not a few blessings. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Where is it? In the heavenly places. Heaven is a spiritual place. It's a place of unlimited resources. It's a place of abundance. The a place in that is the realm of God. And so when he blessed you, he has multitude of wealth and riches in the spirit realm. With your name on it, so you are not poor. R- give me Proverbs ten twenty two. 22. He says, the blessing of the Lord, it does something. What does he do? He makes you and I rich. When you received Jesus, did God bless you or not? He blessed you. That means He also made you rich. It's hard to understand, but it's the truth. And the reason why many Christians are still struggling is because they find it difficult understanding these simple truths I'm teaching. They prefer the lie. I says, oh, you keep managing small, small, keep struggling, keep suffering, keep begging here and there, keep begging. You know, we like that. But Jesus took you out of that life of struggle and that life of begging. The blessing of the Lord, it makes people rich and does not add any sorrow. So when Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, He has blessed us with every blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He's trying to say, He made you rich. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9. I can give you 1,001 scriptures for this. Read it, everybody. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that what? So that you, yes, I'm not surprised. Many people will, will not still clap to this one. I'm not surprised. But listen, he became poor because of you, so that you will be rich. And you see, the day you gave your life to Jesus, you became rich. You became blessed. You became favored. You became prosperous. You became powerful. You see, when a child is born into the, the house of the Queen of England, that very day he's born, he becomes a prince. He's not, they are not waiting for him to grow, to become. He becomes a prince that day. Servants will start serving him from that day. When he's six years going to school, he enjoys special royal treatment at six. If you are not born into that lineage, you may be serving in the palace long before this boy is born but you have to serve him. The problem with Christianity is every child of God must come to understand, who am I, who am I? So pastor, you said, when I receive Christ, I am blessed. Where is the money? Because you don't even understand what it means to be rich. What does it mean to be rich? I mean, to be rich doesn't mean you have a lot of money in your pocket. To be rich doesn't even mean you have a lot of money in your wallet. If rich people don't even transact a lot of business with cash. They operate at the level above cash. So as long as your understanding of riches is cash, you see, you are not yet free in your mind. Wealthy people don't operate at a level of cash. Most wealthy people, when you meet them, you'll be disappointed because you won't see much money on their hand that they are rich, and they will not try to prove any point to you that they are rich because they know who they are. If you know who you are, you don't want to prove a point. Yeah, let me give you an illustration. You see, a man was a servant in the house of a very wealthy man. The man was about to die. He said, "This man has served very, very, very well." So he willed $20 billion of his money to this servant. The day after the funeral, the lawyer came and read the will. And everybody got a lot of things. And then he came to this servant and and, and the lawyer said, well, your master willed $20 billion to you. I want to ask the question, is that servant a rich person now? Is he rich? He's rich. Because the fact that this man who rightly owns his own wealth said, "I, I will this. He put it in his will and signed, and the lawyer came to read it. The man is rich. Isn't he rich? How rich is he? $20 billion plus. Can you meet that man and he still has no money in his pocket? Yes, you can meet him and not see much money in his pocket. Why? Because there's a process this man has to go through to get the money transferred into his account. That is even if he has a bank account. If he doesn't have a bank account, he needs to open an account. And then go to the documentation with the lawyers and everything. And then the banks will go through the the documents and every process has been duly followed. Money is transferred into his account. Even when the money lands in his own account, he can still be walking about with no money in his pocket. Because he had decided not to cash it. That is the situation of many Christians today. You don't need to pray, God give me money. He already gave it to you the day you received Jesus. All the money you ever need, you already have it. The reason why it's not showing your life, though, you don't even believe you have it. You still see yourself poor, you call yourself poor, you live like a poor person, and that is how it happens. That servant can live all his life. And so, you know, I like this modest, moderate life of a servant. In fact, when I live as a servant, people see my humility. And they commend me all the time in the house as a very humble servant. So I want to continue to live like that. And that money will be in account till he dies and nobody will have right to touch it. If you are poor, it's not God's fault. He gave you everything. And I pray that you will be, you have access to everything that is yours. First Corinthians three twenty-one. It said, therefore, let no one boast in men. Why? For all things are yours. All things. These things are in the Bible. Though. We never hear it preached. Verse 22. Whether Paul or Apollos, or Peter, Peter is Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, all are yours. God made enough provision to cover every situation that you ever find yourself. All things, yours. Hallelujah. This is what the Bible said in Galatians chapter 4. I want everybody to read this one. The heir. I'm, re- I'm, I'm, I'm using the servant as a, an illustration. The servant who served and inherited 20 billion dollars. This is what the Bible said about you and I. It said, The heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ from a slave. Though he is the master. His status has changed from slave to master. But he is still living like a slave because he is a child. He lacks understanding. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't understand what it means. To receive Jesus. They told them when you receive Jesus, you are ready for heaven. Hey, are you sure you want to go to heaven? Heaven. The streets alone are made of gold. You can't manage wealth here. You want to go to heaven. Heaven it's a place of glory. You know, Jesus gave a parable about Abraham and Lazarus. You know what Jesus gave that parable? Because rich people go to heaven. Poor people will also go to heaven. Lazarus was poor. Abraham was rich. When the two went to heaven, guess what happened? Lazarus went to stay at Abraham's bosom. The word bosom means veranda. You can choose where you want to belong. I want to, I want to live in a mansion in heaven. I guess the angel said, this guy has never had his own house before. We give you a mansion in heaven. He may not even know how to manage it. Let's give him some boy's quarters in Abraham's mansion. Let him live there and manage his life. It's all here in the mind. And so that change of mind comes. Do you know what it means to be a child of God? It means your status has changed. You must understand who you are. Believe in yourself. Live confidently. Don't live like a bed. Even if you don't have anything, Keep your dignity. It's only a matter of time. Listen, it's only a matter of time. Listen, we've all lived with nothing before. It's only a matter of time. It is the faith. He like said, whoever believes in him will not perish. You see, the key to accessing all that God gave you through Christ is faith. It's faith. That's why whosoever believes in him, John 3, 16, whosoever believes in him. You see, faith is not mouth talk. You can talk big. And keep living unbelief. Faith is not only mouth talk. It is the combination of what you say and what you do. That is why I was telling some pastors this week, don't be a faith preacher and practice unbelief. Don't go about telling people to believe God. God can do it. When you yourself, you live like God can do nothing. And he did nothing. No. If you don't have it now, physically, just practice your faith and be patient. It's only a matter of time. I said, it's only a matter of time. He said, pastor, how do you practice that faith? See yourself that way. Think of yourself that I am a child of God. How can you be the child of a rich person like God and be poor? How can you be the child of a powerful person like God and be destroyed by witches? How can you be the child of the almighty God? Even the child of the British queen, people can't touch them anyhow on this planet. How much more you? Don't you understand that you are more, more, much, much, much more than any prince or princess in the Buckingham Palace now? You are much more. You are much more than them. But the understanding it what changes the equation. It changes the way you lie. You live. And when that change takes place, it will be evident. The way you talk will change. The way you live will change. You may have nothing, but you know it's coming. That's when you start using the word yet. Somebody say yet. There's a difference between I don't have and I don't have it yet. Word of a difference. If you say I don't have, it means you just close the door to it. It will never come again. I don't have money. I don't have car. I don't have house. I don't have anybody. I don't have this. Some people think it's an honor to say I don't have. You're closing the doors. But I wish you would say, I don't have all the money yet. You see, when you add the word yet to every statement, it means it's on the way. I don't have a car yet. It means the car is on the way. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't have a house yet. I don't have money yet. I am not married yet. Whatever you don't have, there's a way you can speak about it out of faith. Or you can speak about it out of unbelief. Never let anybody intimidate you because of what you don't have yet. Never envy anybody. Never envy anybody because what a person has, you have it. It's only that it hasn't manifested yet. And probably what God is about to give you is more than what you are envying. Unto us, a son is given. And unto us, a child is born. I pray that this Christmas season will be a time of another dimension of the blessings of God in your life. In the name of Jesus, that the manifestation of His blessings in your life will increase on every side. That God will give you more understanding concerning who you are and what He has made you through the finished work of Jesus on the cross. The Bible said Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord, having become a curse for us. That a blessing of Abraham might come upon us. I pray that that blessing. Will continue to operate in your life will manifest in your life everywhere you find yourself i pray that that blessing that you have received will continue to manifest in true prosperity in true abundance in your life in every area of your life in the name of jesus that you will live the life of true fulfillment and your life will be a testimony of christ all the remaining days of your life the lord cause you to enjoy great dimensions of his favor in every area of your life in the name of jesus Amen. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.